0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. God is good, isn't he? Amen, amen. Well, I want to share with you a couple things before I get in the Word this morning. Uh, First of all, Uh, your seed offering. Uh, You guys continue to amaze me. And uh, for those of you that are new in our house twice a year, spring and fall, we uh, receive a seed offering. We give a seed offering and then we sow it. And uh, the first 10% of every seed offering um, every year, twice a year, goes to world missions um, and to missions here in the States. And uh, this week I was just Thinking about some of our missionaries. I don't know if you saw on the board out there on the wall when you come in, the big map out there. We actually got some pretty cool little magnetic lights. And uh, each place where those lights are uh, are the people that we love and support, have a strong relationship with. And uh, so we are supporting people in Jamaica, in Cuba. Matter of fact, I was texting last night back and forth with uh, Pastor Abdiel from La Liga Evangelical Church in Havana, Cuba, and uh, they have had it. Boy, if we think we've had it rough in America during this COVID, uh, there are nations of the world that are just unbelievable struggles. Uh, many, you're gonna see a little video in a second, I'm gonna show you, of Honduras, Honduras, um, most of you know, a few weeks ago they had back-to-back hurricanes came through Nicaragua and Honduras, uh, flooded. Matter of fact, I was speaking with Daniela yesterday. They don't know when they'll ever get the international airport in San Pedro Sula open again. The water just flooded through the whole runway. The whole place looks like an island and there was three feet of water running through, uh, the airport terminal. And, uh, so, uh, we, we supported, we sent some money down to Pastor Jimmy and Jessica uh, a few weeks ago, and they uh, fed uh, on Friday. This is the third time, I think, uh, out of the money we've sent they have gone out. They fed 1,200 children on Friday, and uh, it's pretty amazing. So uh, a part of your seed offering goes to that. Uh, We support three different ministries in China and uh, Uganda. As you know, uh, Helga's still home. We're loving on her for a few more weeks. And uh, I don't know what other nation I forgot, but anyhow, so the first 10% of all of our seed offerings goes to missions. The other 90% goes to pay off this beautiful new sanctuary that God has given us. And I'm planning, believing that we're going to do, I imagine that we're going to to have this thing paid off in less than seven years. I'm believing for the miraculous, the supernatural, and your giving is making that possible. So uh, let me show you the video first real quick. If you'll throw that up, it's just a little 20 second. Turn some music on there or the sound or something. There is sound to that. It was on a while ago. Don't throw my seed offering up there. What are y'all doing back there? You're messing. Well, there it is. $181,030 and 17 cents. And thank you so much. If you have not gotten your seed offering, it's not too late. We'll add it to this and share it one more time. But uh, that is uh, amazing in the midst of a pandemic. Come on, somebody. I think you ought to give yourself a real big hand. $181,000. That's That is amazing, so amen, thank you. I wanna pray and then get into the word this morning. Father, I love you, I bless you. I thank you today for the ability to have a godly, righteous imagination that changes us, that enables us to see what is not yet present. Thankful for the power of imagination. I'm thankful, Father, that um, many of us Uh, have in times past used our imagination. We've allowed our imagination to run wild with things that were not righteous, were not godly. Uh, But because of the blood of Jesus Christ and what Christ did for us and accomplished for us on the cross, we're able to see those things redeemed, everything that the enemy meant for evil and bad. Father, I thank you that the promise of your word is that you redeem it and you turn it for good. What the devil meant for bad, God, you turn for your good and for glory. And I thank you for that today. I thank you for Uh, just the revelation on this word. And I trust that even today, the anointing will be great, not only on the word that comes out of my lips, but each one of us will have an ear to hear. And by hearing, Father, we will be changed from the inside out. Our minds will be renewed and our thought process will come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And we will begin to Envision, dream, see, and imagine the things that you're wanting us to do Uh, in our generation. We are grateful. Father, I'm grateful that I was born for such a time as this, I'm grateful that everyone in this room was born. You imagine us uh, thousands of years ago before uh, we ever were, you saw us. That, that's mind boggling to me. And yet, Father, you saw us. You had us here right in the middle of this pandemic, not to be fearful or afraid, but be the righteous church that you have called us to be, that we will rise up strong and mighty and fulfill the purposes and plans that you have for our lives. Wherever we are in this community, Lord, and around the world today, I pray that we will rise up and be what you have called us to be. We will not be fearful. We will not be driven by fear. We will not allow the, 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 the dark side to dictate what our lives are going to be and how we're going to live them out. I thank you, Father, for the promise of your word that works in us for your glory and for our benefit. We give you thanks and praise, and everybody said a big... Amen. Amen. All right. So I want to talk about the power of imagination and uh, God's word, God's spirit, God's word and God's spirit fuel your imagination. Now, before you got saved, your imagination was fueled by other things. But once you get saved and come under the lordship of Jesus Christ, you have the power within you to get into the word and to acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit to work powerfully in your life to change you from who you were to who he has alway, always seen you to be. Amen. Hey, Susan. Amen. Wow, what a... I forgot you're going to be here. God bless you. This is a great, powerful, mighty woman of God, Miss Peggy's sister. And uh, she uh, has preached here before. And I'm going to get you back here one of these days. So, amen. She's a great woman of God. The word and the spirit enable you to dream and imagine what Father God wants you to see. Listen to this. Without running out of gas and losing your faith. Without running out of gas. You cannot walk this kingdom walk without a daily time of discipline in the word of God and a recognition and acknowledgement, a crying out for the power of the Holy Spirit to be manifested in your life. Some folks get so hung up on the Holy Spirit like, oh my gosh, if I get a Holy Spirit, I gotta talk in tongues, I'm gonna lose control, I'm gonna be a freak. (laughs) The disciples walked with Jesus for three and a half years and witnessed all of the amazing miracles and the power of Christ, and they could not live for him. And Jesus said, it's imperative that I go away because in my going, the Father's gonna send the promise of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit can do what even Jesus wasn't able to do on this earth. Oh my gosh, did he really say that? Jesus said it. We need the Holy Spirit. We get to pray in tongues in a heavenly language that, according to Jude, builds us up in the most holy faith. Enables us to walk victorious. It it, it caused Peter to, to be the guy that before he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he literally continually put one foot in his mouth only to take it out to put the other foot in. I mean, he made bold declarations. Christ, I will be with you. The others, these other chumps, they're not going to be able to stand, but but I'm going to stand with you. And Jesus looks at him. You know he felt some serious pity for the guy. And he's like, Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to have denied me. You're going, to have, you're going to have rejected me. And, and, and Peter's like, there's no way, Lord, I could ever do that. And yet he did it. But wow, look at the Peter after the day of Pentecost. Look at his life then. Read First and 2 Peter. Look at the influence throughout history of Peter's life. Once he was filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, go and wait until the Holy Spirit comes. Well, how are we going to know when he shows up? Oh, you always know when Holy Spirit shows up. Because you're changed from the inside out. You're no longer trying to live for God out of your flesh. I'll do this for you, Lord. I will not reject you. Yes, you will. This morning I was reading an article um, from the persecuted church. Most American Christians can't read this stuff. They can't read the, um, um, what's the other magazine? the voice of the martyrs. Most American Christians, they, they it's like, I, I, I can't go there. I was reading this morning, uh, Jeff King wrote in the article about the persecuted church, he was talking about a Muslim who had a vision of Jesus Christ. And when he had a vision of him, it so changed his life, he gave his heart to Christ right then and there. And he was living in Morocco and he started preaching the gospel to all of his Muslim friends because he got a revelation that they were going to die and go to hell. And he had such a love for all of his family and friends, he started preaching the gospel. Well, he got arrested because it's against the law in Morocco to preach anything that would cause a Muslim to doubt their faith. And so the judge sentenced him to prison and told him when you get out if you ever come back into my court again I will throw you so far under the jail you'll never see daylight. So they put him in prison and they beat him and they did all kinds of horrible things to him and he continued to preach the gospel in prison. Many Muslims were giving their hearts to Christ and they finally let him out of prison. But before they did, they beat him one last time and taught, threatened him, you better not leave this prison and preach this message you're preaching. So he got out and immediately began to preach. And he preached without shame or fear. And he, and he knew that ultimately he would be going back to prison. And he knew ultimately he would die, but he knew that in dying like Paul, he'd got a revelation that to, to live, well, that's okay, but to die, that's gain. Matter of fact, some, some translations say great gain. And so uh, this Moroccan believer begins to share with all of his neighbors, his friends, opens up a store, and everybody that comes in, he begins to teach French. And in his teaching of French to all of these students that were coming, he only preached the gospel in f- France. Is that how you say it? Yeah, in France. Is that right? What? In French. In French. Okay, thank you. From France, he preached in French. Yeah. All right, I got it. So he preached in French uh, without shame or fear. And, and uh, sure enough, they came and they arrested him and went back before the same judge. And the judge said, I remember you. You must have forgotten what I said. And he said to the judge, Judge, I remember what you said. But I love you so much and you're going to die and go to hell unless you surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they immediately threw him back in prison where he is today. But he's not afraid because he realized that in prison there are thousands of people locked up with no hope and they are looking for the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so without being afraid or ashamed or feeling, woe is me because I, shouldn't I have a better life? See, he truly had an encounter with Jesus Christ, got filled with the Holy Spirit of God and it forever changed his life just like it did Peter. So there are two sources that God gives us to help us to see what is not yet present which is our imagination, to see what is not yet present. And those two sources are, number one, the word of God. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17 in the ESV says this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you so number one is the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes to us by revelation through the word of God so we need a daily encounter Matter of fact, I've been saying this for the last several weeks, actually all four weeks since I've come back I'm, as I've been preaching. I've been saying to us, many of you in here and many of you that are watching online need to turn off stupid vision and open up the word of God. Because what comes out of your mouth on a daily basis to almost everybody you talk to is all the bad that's going on in our world. When there, you know what? I got a revelation on Thanksgiving that I should be thankful that I got to live through the pandemic. I mean, God created us for such a time as this. We're not a mistake. We're not an accident. We're not a oops. We are the created of God. And he knew that we could handle going through what we're going through with all the other brothers and sisters in the world, all over the world. He knew we could handle it because he had given us his Holy Spirit. So the first source that that God gave us uh, out of the word of God is the Holy Spirit and the promise um, from the Father that if we will ask, we can receive. And in receiving, that power will be in us. Even Listen to this, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. We ought to be a people that our imagination and our dreams and our vision will scare the hell out of the world. We ought to be big dreamers. We ought, to have, we ought to have some big businesses owned by righteous men and women of God. We ought to have righteous bankers and righteous doctors and righteous people leading and guiding and, and ruling. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And because of that, truth. That's why some of you need to turn off the, the television. I, I just call it what it is, Stupid vision. <laughs> Because what you're hearing is not truth. Right. You're not hearing truth on it. Not on CNN, not on MSNBC, not on CBS, not on Fox, not on any of them. You're not hearing truth. No matter how they look in that camera and just try to draw you in, they're not telling you truth. Truth comes from the Word of God. The, the, the they say you're going to die of COVID. I say God's greater than COVID. God's greater than cancer. God's greater than a brain tumor. God's greater than your financial mess. God is great. Above all, names. above all names. He is. And as believers, we ought to start living like it. Yeah. Breathing like it, talking like it, walking like it. Because he dwells in us. Do you think God was caught off guard with COVID? <laughs> I mean, do you know how many people around the world are living in horrible conditions before COVID ever showed up? I've said so, lo- so often over 33 years here, one of the reasons that I live my life passionate about the mission field is because I, I, I believe I'd be a sorry pastor <laughs> if I never left America and never understood the bigness of God is not limited to the small mindset of the American church. Because see, in the American church, our Christianity is all about getting stuff, getting a bigger house, getting a nicer car, getting a better job, when it might not be any of those things. And yet His grace is sufficient. Now, I still absolutely believe that one of the reasons the, uh, the nation of America has been blessed beyond all nations of the world is because over the last 100, 200 years, we have no other nation in the world gives like Americans give. We give to world missions. We, we give when there is a, a catastrophe somewhere in the world. It could be our worst enemies and we load up planes and go help them. I mean, we, we'll take water, food, medicine to our worst enemies, the people that want to annihilate us off the face of the planet. And we're, and we're giving people in the area of missions. Man, oh, man, there's no place you can go in the world not find an American. They are there. And I believe that because of it, God continues to bless our nation. The second source that God gives us besides the Holy Spirit is his word. Psalm 119, verse 17 and 18 says, Be good to your servant that I may live and obey your word. Open my eyes to see what the wonderful truths in your instructions. And then verse 27, Help me understand the meaning of your commandments, and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. Man, that's the psalmist crying out. Lord, I, I need to hear your instruction. I need to hear. I need to listen. I was reading now the word yesterday and got stuck on this word listening. And uh, I don't have time to preach this, but just a, a, a little, chase a little bunny trail here. Um, and, and as I was reading this, I realized sometimes I listen with the wrong motive. Like when I'm having a discussion with my wife. I listen and I'm looking for that place where I can interject the truth of the matter. So I'm hearing, but I'm not listening. Anybody else been guilty of that besides myself? Thank you for you honest people. The rest of you will have an altar call in a little bit. Most of us have listened before only to use it as fuel for the fire. And, and I started getting convicted. Lord, how many times have I gotten your word and I've, I've said, Lord, I need to hear something because I need to preach something. Okay, I'm just being real, using one of Jamie's terms there, so being real. Because, I mean, how many of you know, when I get up here to preach, I want to preach something. I want to have the word of God. But there are times when the Lord is not wanting me to prepare a message for you. He's wanting me to hear from him for me. And, And that takes an act of discipline, a hunger, a recognition, a realization of how powerful the word of God is and how much we desperately need to listen. See, if we wanna have an imagination that will honor God, we wanna see what is not yet present. We wanna dream God dreams. We wanna have a vision that's so much bigger than us that it's gonna take our whole lifetime to live it out. You hear a story about the Christian brother who was redeemed out of a Muslim background in Morocco, and it's a fascinating story. But hear me, it's no more fascinating than God's story for you. You might not ever be called to lay down your life in a prison for his sake. But he's called you to touch your neighborhood for their sake. Some of you have lived in your neighborhoods for Many, many, many years, and you've never had an impact on your neighbors. Why? Are we ashamed of the gospel of Jesus? Oh, they know that I'm a Christian. Well, that's not what God called us to to do and to be. He, He didn't just call us that they would know. He called us to go and to make disciples, to share the love of Jesus in such a real way That they might not receive it today or tomorrow, next week, next month, even next year. It might be 10 years down the road. And one day something happens. And they remember because they were listening. See, his word will work in our lives. You know, I've been had the privilege to go to Cuba over 31 times or 31 times, not over 31 times, 31 times. And uh, Wednesday, David Isaias, our friend from American Bible Society, who was with us on most of our trips when we were distributing the million Bibles across the island over those five years, called me on Wednesday, and uh, he was uh, up here, his daughter's graduating with her uh, postgraduate from University of Florida, and so they were up taking some pictures, and he said he had a word for me, and he wanted to come by and see me and pray for me, and so he came by, gave me a very encouraging word, and um, and before we left, he, he said, uh, I, I was telling him how much Suzanne and I just love Cuba, and that on my bucket list, as soon as the doctor gives me the okay, one of my first trips on my bucket list is to go back to Cuba, and and I was texting back and forth with Pastor Abdiel last night as they were in the middle of a service. His mom was preaching, and he was texting me. Uh, I won't tell on him, but uh, I actually sent him a picture of Suzanne and Suzette and And his mom, Pastor Alita, and so um, he sent me a picture of her up on the stage and they were having a a huge youth rally and God's doing mighty things there. But David said, um, I I need to go to Cuba and I need you and Oscar to go. About that time, Suzanne's walking by and she's like, he ain't going unless I go. And uh, it's the only nation in the world that my wife absolutely just wants to go every time I go. I don't know why. I have such a love for that nation, and yet I know that God's going to use the church in Cuba to touch the world. And one of the passages of scripture I have preached uh, 12 to 15 times over a five-day period, over five years, uh, trip after trip, is this found in John chapter 1. You know it. It's very familiar. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word... Come on, say it out loud. Was Was God. In the beginning was the word and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. How how many of you know that you're called to be light? And where does light shine the brightest? So the other day uh, I was uh, with Andrew and Wyatt and uh, we were walking through the woods and Andrew handed me something, said, put this in your pocket. It, It wasn't dark when he handed it to me, so I just stuffed it in my pocket. And then all of a sudden it started getting dark and I, I thought that thing he had handed me must have been a, a, a flashlight or something. So I pulled it out and I, it, it's one of those things that goes on your head. And I was asking, why, how you turn this thing on? Anyhow, it's like the minute I turned it, it was pitch black out. There was no moon. The cl- it was cloudy. It was dark. And man, I hit that thing and it was just like, bam. And I got chill bumps thinking, you know what? That's what's supposed to happen who when, when we go in the world. When, when, when darkness gets darker, light gets brighter. gets brighter. Well, yesterday I had to run to Walgreens, and uh, I was getting ready to check out. You know how they have the sucker aisle? You know what I'm talking about, right? The sucker aisle where you got all your stuff in your hand, and you're trying to get to the line to check out, and they put stuff right there that you just have to look at. Well, well there it was. There, there was a three-flashlight pack made for TV. Oh, man, it got me. And, so, and it was heavy duty. And so I, I, I bought that thing. I got in my truck and I was so excited. And I pulled it, opened the pack, and I pulled it out and I hit the button and there's no light. I'm like, what? So I pulled out a second one. I was like, this thing better work. And then I saw on the bottom, Made in China, Lord help me. <laughs> and so I pulled out a second one and I hit it and I was like, nothing. So then I pull out the box and it says, needs three AAA batteries, you know? So I had to wait all the way till I got home and I got home and went into my office, I found some AAA batteries and I put it in this little heavy-due black uh, flashlight and uh, it has five different lights on it and all this stuff. Anyhow, I'm, it's, it's daylight and I'm in my office and I turn that light on and it was unbelievably bright. I was like, yes, (laughs) I got one for my truck. I got one for beside my bed. I got one for my little car. Now I'm good. Because when you need a flashlight is not the time to be wishing you had bought a flashlight. So, So the reality is when the world needs a light, Jesus sent you. Say me. Say me with conviction. There you go. You see, because we live in a dark world, and wherever the Lord takes you, there's light. Unless you put a bushel over your head, we're called to be the light. And we have the power to be it. What can you imagine? I want to go ahead and read a few more verses out of this. Verse 9 says, The true light, which gives light to how many? To everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father, full, this is what I love, of grace and truth. You see, where Jesus is, there's grace and truth. Where all you have is the word without the spirit, you get word and law. But when you have the Holy Spirit, it's grace and truth. Truth does not fail. And no matter what the world says, truth will always remain. But we as believers need to present it with grace. You know, as I was thinking about that precious man of God in Morocco, it's not hard for those that were listening to him to acknowledge the grace that he had because he was willing to go to prison for what he believed. And he wouldn't reject truth to save his own hide. Why? Because... He recognized, he imagined heaven. He imagined heaven to be everything that it is. Same thing Paul did when he had that Damascus Road experience and, and he cried out to Christ and Christ began to give him revelation, understanding. He began to have a, a, an amazing a, a walk in passion and passion he, and he taught the word of God. And, and we often forget about Paul, how many times he was beaten and left for dead, shipwrecked, stoned, Spit upon, rejected, and thrown in prison. And yet you never see or hear Paul, woe is me. You hear Paul rejoicing. Matter of fact, at one point, he he he's longing for heaven. I mean, he he, he he's now an old man. He's lived his life. He he's been beaten a few times, stoned a few times, prisoned, and in prison. He says, heaven is gain but to live here is for your benefit. And Paul said, so I choose for the time being to remain faithful here. And after all of that, they marched Paul down the hallway I can imagine statues lined. I can imagine the ruler saying, Paul, if you would just reject this crazy Christ message, we'll, 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 we'll put you on one of these statues. You'll be a conqueror. We'll make you something. And Paul, without speaking, walks to the end, kneels down, lays his head on the chopping block. And whispers more than a conqueror in Christ. Because the severing of his head only gave him an instantaneous entrance into the kingdom of heaven. How many of us believers need today a greater revelation? We need to begin to imagine what heaven is going to be like. And if we would, we would stop worrying about what the world thinks about us as believers. We would stop the woe is me and say, I was born for such a time as this to make an impact on the world that I live in. When I was, went through the encounter a year ago, the end of, or the beginning of November last year when Suzanne and I sat with a doctor and got the report that I had an incurable disease. The first thing after the shock of it, and I'll be honest with you, it was a shock. Never in my lifetime did I ever think that I would battle cancer. Just wasn't there, never, not even an afterthought. Some have said, well, but your brother died two years ago of cancer, and your sister died seven years ago of cancer. Yeah, but it, that, that never it never crossed my mind that that would be a battle I'd walk through. And then when you're told it's incurable, if you don't get some treatment, you're going to die in a few months. If you get treatment, we're hoping you'll live a year, maybe two, maybe three. I immediately began to see myself preaching the gospel, not only on this stage, but in, even in nations of the world that I have yet to stick my foot in. I began to imagine that the kingdom of God was not through with me. Therefore, as I imagined and dreamed, the fear of death or dying prematurely disappeared. I have not lived in a year in fear. It's not because I'm super spiritual. It's because of the beauty of the grace of God, the promises of God. See, if all the enemy can do is try to kill me, Paul said, then I'm going to have great gain because I'm going to be instantly with my Father in heaven and with my Christ who died a horrible death so that I could know the Father. <laughs> What are we imagining today as the church? What are we seeing ourselves become? What are we imagining that will bring glory to God? Some have said you you need to be careful when you you encourage people to dream dreams because they'll dream dreams. The problem in America is not that we dream dreams. The problem in in America is that we dream our dreams. What'll get me a bigger house? Nicer car, more vacations. What if we began to dream about our next missionary trip? Not that just Helga gets to go back to Uganda, but, 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 but what if 50 of us went to Uganda next year? Come on, Helga, look at you. She, she's getting excited about that. Helga keeps saying, Pastor, you're supposed to come to Uganda because I'm in Uganda, therefore you gotta come to Uganda. What are we imagining? What are our children imagining? Oh, I can tell you what they're imagining. And unfortunately, it, it's represented because of, it's what the parents allow to be fed. Yes. You got to love me, okay, because you want to go to heaven. <laughs> but imagine if your children started getting a vision or a dream to go somewhere instead of Disney World again. Yes. Or to the beach. One more time. We're making great memories. Yeah, but what if you made a memory on a missions trip in another world? You say, Pastor, we're, we're all we're all tied down right now with COVID. And you're talking about, yeah, because I'm imagining COVID's going to end. Come on, somebody. I'm imagining that the church is going to be the church. And we're going to be about the Father's business. And it starts in our Jerusalem here in Gainesville. But it doesn't end here. It doesn't end here. Our trip a year and a half ago to Peru, 75 people from this church. Life-changing experience. Getting to give our lives for just 10, 12 days to a nation of people that live that way every day. 365 never ends. And we get to shed some light and do some good and provide bottles of water to those who are thirsty and food to those who are hungry and medicine to those who need medicine and clean drinking water. Can you imagine in 2020 there are nations, there are cities, there are towns, there are churches that have no clean drinking water? When we were in Peru, we, were, we had teams going out and for a limited, tiny bit of money, they were building these amazing uh, uh, drinking, clean drinking syst- um, systems in, in all around these churches. And for the first time, talking about people getting excited, they weren't getting excited over the next gaming game that just came out that you can buy on Amazon. They were excited because they were getting clean drinking water. They were pouring gook in these, I don't even know what they're called. There weren't wells. Systems. I'll leave it at that. And they were opening up the spout, and it was coming out pure water for children to get to drink for the first time in their lives. Can you imagine being a part of that? Can you imagine the joy that comes when you get to help someone In a practical way, what we saw Jimmy and Jessica, man, over there just stirring up all those vegetables and chicken and sausage. And just stirring up those big pots, feeding 1,200 children that are only getting to eat one time a day in Honduras right now. We don't have any lack of food in America. I imagine this church being consumed with a passion to say, God, I want to dream a dream that's so much bigger than me. I don't even know how it's going to happen. Oh, see, that's when you begin to see what is not yet present. It's going to happen because he put it within you. And if the Lord put a dream in you, a vision inside of you, he gave you an imagination to see something that's not yet happening. Hear me, you can take it to the bank. You don't need to wait for a prophet to come through town to prophesy to you. I'm telling you, when the Lord puts it in you. Oh, it might not happen today, tomorrow, next week, next month. It might be years down the road. I said to a young man the other day, he was talking to me about filling a call to ministry, and, and he was so anxious to, to get rolling and going. I was like, dude, take a chill pill. You ain't ready. He got offended at me. What do you mean I'm not ready? I, I'm ready to pastor a church? No, you can't even get your butt out of bed and go to early morning prayer. You gonna pastor people? You're not ready. And, and he, was, he was taken back by it. I said, dude, the Lord called me to preach when I was eight. Do you think I was ready? 22 years later, at 30, and now when I look back at those pictures when I was 30, I look like a little tiny baby boy. I can't believe any of y'all came to my church and stayed. Looked like some little 16-year-old kid was up here trying to tell y'all how to love God. Now I'm old and slightly bald, so it's, it's not any better. <laughs> Second Peter chapter one, verse five through eight says this, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control. and Self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness, wow, that's a whole lot of stuff, with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of God of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, our ability to remember God's goodness is directly tied to the use of our imagination. Do you hear that? Our ability to remember God's goodness, if all you do is one time a year on Thanksgiving, stop and give thanks to God, you're missing it. We have to remember every day the goodness of God. Oh, but for the grace and mercy of God where would you be today? Who would you be living with today? What would your life look like today without the family of God? God loved you so much, and he did so much for you and I. We got to remember, We gotta think on these things. We gotta meditate on these. We gotta get up in the morning. Instead of turning on the bad news, we open up the word of God and we listen to what Holy Spirit has to say. And he reminds us of his goodness, his love, his mercy. No one is as blind as the person who only sees what is staring them in the face who has forgotten God's goodness. No one is as blind as the person who only sees what is staring them in the face. I wanna wanna see what is not yet present, amen? I wanna see the time when the whole church comes back to the house of God. I wanna see a time when there is not an empty chair in the house because unbelievers being brought by those who have gone out and shed light in a dark place. Because like our brother in Morocco, we know that our neighbor our uncle, our aunt, our mom, our dad, our son, our daughter are going to live eternally separated from God in a place called hell. Unless, 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 what if you're the one person that God has for that person? I don't wanna stand before the Father with excuses why I was so busy that I missed out on that which He had called us to do. I want want, want to ask you to do something real quick. Think just, just this quick of one person in your life that's not saved. All right, everybody got it? You see it? Anybody need another minute? Everybody's got at least one person. Now imagine begin to imagine how you could touch their life. Maybe it's a cup of coffee or a meal or help repair their roof or fix a broken down car. Maybe in some practical way you just show Jesus without ever opening your mouth first to the point that at some point in time, they will ask you, why are you doing this for me? Imagine, if you never led another person in the whole world to Christ, but you were faithful to that woman. Even in this auditorium right here, right now, we would not have enough chairs. We live in a dark world. And there's no people that are more bound up than religious people. So so the Lord might actually have you to touch someone who's bound up in religion without ever having a personal relationship with Christ. Or maybe he leads you to someone who is so lost in your mind, you're thinking, there, there is no way this person can ever get saved. And then you remember you. You remember you. You didn't get saved because you were good. Or amazing. Or righteous. You got saved because you were lost. I never want to forget God's love that redeemed me. Saved me. I could be, but I'm not. You could be, but you're not. Why? Because of the grace of God. Imagine yourself touching someone's life. The word tells us that our emotions follow our thoughts. And our emotions are a byproduct of what our mind focuses on. Lord, help us as a people to focus on this, the Word of God. Help us to begin to see and imagine and dream and hope for that which produces life. 2 Peter verse, chapter 1, verse 9 says, For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Lord, help us not to forget that we were cleansed from our former sins. And help me today, help us today to begin to imagine, to see, to trust, to hear what you have for us. A quote from Andrew Womack says, in the Christian life, listen to this, you can't lose for winning in the Christian life. You can't lose for winning. That's the God that we serve. A God who has a great plan for our lives. See, God is on our side. He's on our side no matter what you're going through. If you lose money, listen to this, He's given you the power to get it back, to gain wealth. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18 you can make it back again. The enemy steals, God redeems. If you lose your job unjustly God is your source he will provide for your every need Psalm 146 verse 7 he'll provide for your every need no matter what it is you're going through if you're sick 1 Peter 2 24 you have a right to be healed why? because what Jesus did on the cross was for our benefit not only for salvation but for healing you know what I've been meditating on this week? Cancer is no harder for God to heal than a common cold. You know what your doctors can do for you for a common cold? Nothing. They can give you medicines that's going to dry out your sinuses and cause the cold to last longer. But they can't heal a common cold. Modern medicine today, the doctors, by the wisdom of God and the anointing of God, they are they are doing some amazing things. I I sat with Dr. Matt Cassio the other day and he was telling me of some of the amazing things that they have developed in research in oncology. And how babies, children, that once had a 90% death rate on certain leukemias, today, because of the wisdom of one drug, now over 90% of those children are living long, healthy lives. And I want to tell you something. It was God that gave whatever doctor in that lab the wisdom to know how to create that drug. And I love people like Dr. Matt and Erica Cassio and other doctors in our house who every single day, Dr. Matt prays and says, God, it's today the day you're going to give me the wisdom to create another solution to this problem. How many of you like to go to that kind of doctor? I wanna to go to that kind of doctor that believes in prayer, believes in faith. That when they tell you it's incurable, they, they say, well, I have to tell you that because that's, that's what they're saying. But, but with God, all things are possible. Amen, all things are possible with God. What can you imagine for the kingdom? Because you have the ability to win in this life. You have the ability to win. So I want to ask you this week, as we leave November, enter into December, getting closer and closer to saying goodbye to 2020, I want to encourage you, instead of spending another day woe is me about how bad things are and listening to stuff that's affecting your ability to have faith and to see what is yet not present. I wanna encourage you, get in the Word of God. Quiet yourself. Listen with an ear to hear, God, what are you saying to me today out of your Word? Spend time every day in worship. Remember all the good things God has done. Don't ever forget, and don't ever think that God gets tired of you thanking Him. I have never yet gotten tired of my sons saying something nice to their dad, thanking him for this or that or you brought me up this way, or you did this for me, or you provided this for me. Never get tired. Did you boys hear that? I never never get tired of that. And guess what? Now all three of them are daddies, of three, three, and four. And I promise you, they never, they never, never bemoan if and when their children (laughs) say thank you. Don't get tired of it, neither does God. And as you do, begin to say, God, I want to imagine something that's bigger than me, my circumstance, where I am right now. With that thought, would you bow your head and close your eyes? Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I just want to say thank you for loving us in such a big way, speaking to us out of your word and by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you, recognize you, and declare once again our great need for you every day in our lives. To teach us, to help us, to encourage us, to comfort us. Whatever we're going through, Father, your promise is that Holy Spirit would provide that for us. And we're thankful. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in our lives. We will acknowledge you, recognize you every day. Give thanks to the Father for who you are in our lives, empowering us. The power of imagination comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to see with righteous eyes and to hear with righteous ears and desire that our life will make a difference in this world. Because this world is not all there is. There is life after death. There is heaven and there is hell. Help us to understand that. To realize, to believe, to confess and to acknowledge the goodness of the promise of eternal life with Jesus Christ and with all of the Family of God and help us to have a deep sense of understanding of the reality of hell and that our lost parents, children, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, friends, family, people around us they're not just going to die one day, but the decisions they make on this earth will determine where they will spend eternity because at the moment of death. The reality of life forevermore will be there. Help us to begin to imagine leading someone that we love dearly to Christ. To praying with them and walking with them and discipling them, teaching them, training them. Help us, Holy Spirit, I pray. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're sitting in this room this morning and you do not have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, today, very simply, the Lord has brought you here. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're listening on a podcast this week and you do not know Jesus. All you have to do You don't have to try to get your life right and stop all of these things you're doing to get right with God. All you have to do is to confess that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And if you do, He will not reject you either and He will not be ashamed to tell the Father that you are His. This morning, be my privilege to lead you in a simple prayer, to ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. No one's looking around, if you're watching online, nobody can see you, you can lift up your hand, but you can call the church later, you can let somebody know, but you're in this room this morning, and you wanna know Jesus. So lift up your hand, let me lead you in a very simple prayer this morning to invite him to be Lord of your life. to change you from the inside out. If that's you this morning. Just lift up your hand. Let me, let me recognize it. Let me lead you in a prayer. Yes, thank you. Thank you. If you're watching online, as I said, only God knows, but he will know until you tell someone. I going to invite you to follow along. Let me lead you in this prayer. I'm going to ask everybody in the congregation to pray this prayer out loud with me. Pray this. Father God, In the name of your son Jesus, today I acknowledge him as your son, as Lord and King, and today I want him to be my Lord and King. So I ask you Jesus, come into my life. I confess my sin, I ask you to forgive me. Today I choose you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Today, I'm choosing to love you all the rest of the days of my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior. I confess you now without shame or fear. Jesus, be Lord of my life. I pray this, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.